Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russell, my hammer's 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new videos on or new series or whatever. Make sure you hit that bell icon. Today's guest is another one from across the pond. We love our friends from across the pond. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's Liam Bright. How are we, Liam? How are we today, man? Cheers. I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Man, how's things with you generally? How are you coping in this weird world we live in now? Oh, loving it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's definitely different. It's adapt or die, to to put yeah. it lightly. Um, but it's it you know it's been uh, it's been interesting. I've got uh, two young ones at home, and uh, my my older my boy he's uh, he's five now, and so we've had to do the the homeschooling. So it's been a bit more pressure on the wife as she's had to play teacher uh, uh, quite a bit, and then we've got a one year old daughter as well. So you know, trying to balance the one year old, the the five year old, and then you know I'm back and forth for for work and. You know, just keep living, right? You know, and uh, yeah, I've got a newfound respect for for teachers, having done the whole. <laughs> and it's like you've got like a five year old. My my daughter's eight, so it's like you know, it's even more complicated things and and, and maths and you know how they taught us when we were young. It's, it's all different now, and it's like you know, you get you get shouted out because you're not, I don't know, putting it into special columns and things like that. It's like oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've got this new, <laughs> new family respect for him because it's just like, yeah, it's amazing being a teacher. And yeah, I'm quite glad that they've gone back to school. Um, so, <laughs> although it's half term in the UK now. So, sure. yeah, so, yeah, so they've got a week off to uh, to relax a little bit or try and do something. But uh, that's the trouble. There's no, no like kids clubs or anything because they're, you know, because of COVID, they're all shut. And so, yeah, it's yeah. sort of, yeah, at least when there was homeschooling, you had like, you had sort of the you know sort of the, the punishment potential of having to do more homework for not you know tidying your room or eating all your vegetables or things like that now it's like she knows it's the holidays she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna what are you gonna do yeah what, what, what are you gonna do and yeah. that's the best bit and they start talking to back to you because I, I i'm like <laughs> fair enough you know if, if they if she comes back to me with a really sort of comprehensive answer to why she shouldn't do it yeah fair play you know i'm, right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuss you 
if anything, you're gonna you're gonna be impressed by how quickly she adapted to the situation as well. Yeah. Like she under she she weighed and measured exactly yeah. what the options were and said, "Hey, look, the, the, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do." At the end of the day, the teachers put me no homework, right, Daddy? Rust, <laughs> yeah, Daddy. You know what you're gonna do? It's like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and and yeah, that's and I love that when that happens because it's like, you know, she's like, and you'll get it. It's a you're five year old, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, just trying to test the water to see what they can get away with. And yep. oh, I love it. It's, it's a great age. It's a great it's, age from five old. It's, it's the personality comes out. You yeah, know what I mean? they really start to become their person, and I I dig it, man. It's it's. It's funny because the things that frustrate me about him are the things that are exactly what I do. So like he he argues just for the sake of arguing. And I'm like, oh, and you know, I'll get frustrated. My wife will look at me and she's like, you do that. Like you can't be Mm. mad at him because you Mm. do that constantly. And I'm like, yeah, it's fair play. I'm the the same. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) For me, it's, it's the other way around. I'm not your wife. I'm not the one who's like, you know, it's always not like my wife and my daughter are so alike. That they clash because like yeah. they are so alike and i'm the one in the middle and i'm like well it's like it's like sitting in the mirror between you two you know it's like <laughs> and that's what's fun and that's why sort of, i'm sort of always always the good or the fun parent and my wife's yeah. always the bad cop because it's just the way it's always worked but uh and she knows when she's crossed it when when i raise my voice she knows that right gone too far so she's like backs down but yeah no it's funny isn't it? I, just, I love it anyway and that's what i love about this channel we just chat about children and stuff for for five minutes and uh why, why not? not why not, not? right it, it's all it's it's all part of it and you got to keep in consideration right like we're <coughs> raising that next generation of hammers fans, true. you know like that fan that hammers family that united that support mm. and i think it's it's crucial right like with my son when he was first born right so he was born christmas eve 2014 Right. And that 2014, 2015 season was, was, I thought it was pretty crucial. And I loved it because I used to, you know, try to give the wife a break and I would take him down and I would try to keep him asleep by singing bubbles. Right. Like I'm standing there in the living room, the wife's upstairs still in the loft, you know, she's sleeping and I'm singing in bubbles. So he's been raised on this, right? Like he's, he's known this day one, minute one. So, you know, he'll still, he'll still pop up early. You know, he might pass out a little bit if the game's not, you know, kicking on quite, quite, (laughs) quite enough for him to be excited, but you know, he'll wake up early and out here on the West coast of California, you know, it's, Mm. it's 4am games. So it's hard. It's hard for a young kid like that to, to still keep that interest. But if he sees me and Claret in blue, he immediately runs to his room and he wants to throw on one of his kids. So, you know, you know, uh, power to the kid. Like he's, he's bought in hook, line and sinker. I feel bad. I've I've set him up for a, a lifetime of disappointment. Same as my daughter. She was she was <laughs> scarred after I think three days. Her due date was the playoff final in twenty twelve. And so um and I had a really good ticket, so I was there obviously. Yeah. Um and <laughs> and then she was born a few days later. It was a, I mean to I mean Liam, it was a really good ticket. It was like you know, yeah. I was I was front row, you know, in the middle, like where Vaste scored. I was there, you know, so <sighs> I, you know, it was good and I and it was free as well because I was doing a bit of work for you know, I was walking the, the mascots around. So, yes, my, yes, my daughter was due. Yeah. But we know they never come <laughs> on time, first ones, you know. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so I was allowed to go. Um, And, yeah, within three days, she was – I had a picture of her in the playoff trophy. So, you know, so she was very much scarred from an early life, uh, unfortunately. But uh, it's character building, I think, Liam. I That's think it's right. character building. You know, they 100%. can't have everything. They can't have. They can't win every game. You know, That's you can't right. get everything you want. So you must enjoy the times you do get when something comes your way. Um, it's, the, it's the sweet and the sour, right? You can't appreciate the sweet without <coughs> that sour as well. 
Exactly. Exactly. You can't do both. <laughs> so you know, you can't. We all can't be Liverpool fans, can we? You know, we're. Oh, thank all, God. Yeah. Or, or or Man United or Man City or, in, or Chelsea, where they win everything, or they win you know every other couple of seasons. You know, it's you know we got to dish, distribute these sort of supporters out, and I think with West Ham, you as I said, it's character building. It's you know, it's like you know, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he's his kid was like, mm, I might go and support Liverpool. Oh. He was like young, and he was like, "Well, you know," and he sort of convinced him to support West Ham, and he's glad he supports West. Ham, obviously, at the moment because we're playing quite well at the moment, but sure. um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's character building. And as you said, when when we do get those, you know, those peaks, those highs, which don't come along very often, but we do enjoy them a bit too much. Although we've always got that sort of pessimistic bit in the back of our head. So at the moment, you know, so that you know, we've we've done very well. You know, we've you know two games, no goals conceded. We scored seven, obviously. Then we had. Then we had the Tottenham game. Then we had the Man City game. So we've, we've done all right. And then, like, obviously, Antonio's out. So it's like, it might be out for the next game. We're like, well, that's it. That's it. That's our season gone. That's our season. It's not like we've got a £45 million you know, striker on the bench who could probably do a good job. You know what I mean? It's what like, if we it's, did? Oh, it's like when, we, when Masuaku came back potentially injured from international duty. And it yeah. was like crisis 101. You know, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. You know, three months ago, if you said that, you know, that situation was going to play out with Masuaku being injured and we were really worried, you'd have told him to fuck off. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what? Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's been mental the last sort of, you know, half a dozen games for West Ham at the moment. And, and long may it continue. But we know it's not. We know yeah. we're going to lose as soon as we play someone outside the top six. But that's being a West Ham fan. And that's what we know. And that's why I love it because it's just so unpredictable. It's Paul, the it's roller coaster. It's the rise, rise and yeah. fall. That's what it needs to be. Because for you to fully appreciate what you've got, like you yeah. need to know that, you know, yeah, we would love consistency, right? Like who who wouldn't yeah. love finishing in the top 10 every mm. every season? But, you know, sometimes the, the drama, right? Like that, we like that. Yeah. We, we enjoy that, even though, you know, we'll curse the players on the pitch, but we're still here, right? Yeah. We still support season after season. So there's so either true. something inherently wrong with us or yeah. we're, you know, we're masochists and we just, we love the pain. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I interviewed a gentleman the other, a few weeks ago and he likened West Ham and his, his sort of our, our sort of association with West Ham as a, um, as being an abusive relationship yeah. in that, you know, you, you cook them a nice dinner, um, you know, that you think they turn up and you think they'll, they'll behave and they do behave for a little bit. <laughs> but they always come back to you know, and and they'll knock you about. But you always welcome them back in the door the next day, and oh, yeah. uh, that's that's just West Ham, isn't it? But that that's it. And I think yeah, we that's why we we're such a unique group of fans. And I think that's why we have such a, a unique group of fans all over the world. Like you know, as you said, I'll be fucking four four o'clock or whatever, four thirty to get a twelve thing. It's mental. Yeah. I wouldn't even gap at four thirty, and I live twenty minutes from the ground. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's it's crazy what, what you guys go through and um and that's why i love interviewing you guys because you just have this sort of this, this passion and it's like i think it's so much more than that than, than sort of anyone based within you know 40 minutes of the ground really because we're sort of spoiled to it but you guys every you know i think it's great and obviously all the stuff with the hammers uh, american hammers network you do and stuff like that it's i love it i just think it's so much fun um and it's great. I just, you know, it, it does make me, it does make me smile because obviously I watch all the content and it's, it always makes me laugh because you've got bloody more bloody Brits on the American Hammers <laughs> network than on, on the on the British YouTube stuff, isn't it? It's, uh, yep. it's crazy. It's crazy well, stuff. It's a lot of, a lot of expats, right? Like you got a lot of yeah. people that jump the pond, they come over here, whether it's work or family or what have you. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's important to highlight that, right? Where sometimes it's not always just, 
Americans that that no. started supporting, you know, Man City or Liverpool because they, you know, they watched them, yeah. you know, win the league or they, you know, they played them in, with with them in FIFA and they were like, oh, this is a good team. Like yeah. th- these are kids. Like you know, one one of the guys we've had on the network for a bit, his name's Charlie, right? Like his dad's from I think yeah. Canningtown. So it's like he was born and raised in New York, but like he was born and raised a West Ham fan. And I think it's important to take some of that into consideration. We're not everybody, um, not everybody's born into the club. Like you said, not everybody's the stone throw from the stadium. But, you know, a lot of us, you know, if we're working class or, you know, I'm an Irish American. So for me, you know, we were kind of raised on Irish luck where, you know, things are going to go bad a lot of the time. And you kind of you resonate with certain teams you have certain players, um, you know, certain seasons that you just feel like it echoes your life. It's like an extension of what yeah. you had going on in your own existence. And you know, I love that. I, I love that about, you know, whether it's West Ham or, you know, we have other supporters groups here in, in Fresno as part yeah. of the 559 FC that they support other clubs, but they have their own reasons. And whether I agree or disagree with it, I still appreciate that they found their own way, you know? Yeah. And that, it's so true. I mean, so so your so your journey, Liam. Obviously, you know, Irish American, but why West Ham? Why was why was that your club? Why is that why is that one you picked? There's there's 92 of them in the UK. You know, yep. you you picked West Ham. Why why was that, man? So we have. I I, I liken it to, um, you know, where the 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 universe kind of conspires against you, <laughs> in some regard. So my uh, West Ham was always just popping up in my life as a kid. So. Uh, my grandmother was a big fan of EastEnders. So yeah. she used to watch that on this little like 13 inch black and white TV. And as a kid, I used to sit there and watch it because I loved the accents, right? Like my mother, huge uh, Sherlock Holmes fan, you know, used to read me the stories. We used to watch the, you know, the adventures of Sherlock Holmes sure. with, um, oh man, what's his name? Oh, I can't think of the actor's name. But, you know, even going all the way back to like Basil Rathbone, right? Like way yeah. back onto the Baskervilles. So, you know, London connection there, East Enders, you know, East End of London connection there. I grew up a huge, huge punk rock fan, you know, like, you know, having sure. tattoos, you know, stretched ears, piercings, and all that good stuff. But, you know, Cockney Rejects were one of my favorite bands growing up. So right. you've got, you know, you got the West Ham connection. I was also into metal, Iron Maiden, another West Ham connection. Yeah. So it was just like all these little things just kept connecting. So I want to say it was like 1996 or 1997 uh, movie had come out called uh, Air Force One, right? That had Harrison Ford, but it had Gary Oldman in it. So a buddy of mine, you know, we had been playing, you know, soccer, football since we were kids. And uh, we watched Gary Oldman. We're like, oh, this actor's badass. Let's see what else he's in. Soccer movie pops up called The Firm. So we watched The Firm with Gary Oldman and we were just like, this is insane. So at that point, I was like, yeah, I want to learn more about this team. But you're thinking like late 90s, internet's barely kind of getting a start. Yeah. And there wasn't really a whole lot of Premier League games that got yeah. shown over here. And our league, our domestic league at that time was kind of a joke. We had like yeah. 10 teams, 12 teams. MLS was not really a force to be reckoned with. But post-1994, you know, soccer fever was huge here in the States. Of course. So about, I want to say it was beginning in 1999. Um, they started show. I started being able to catch random like highlight clips. Like sometimes it was match of the day. Sometimes it was just highlights. And I remember watching Paulo De Canio just absolutely annihilate, uh, you know, the, the keeper just blasting in a half volley. And I want to say it was early 99, maybe like February of 1999. Yeah. And I was like, yes, West Ham is my team. So anytime I could catch anything, whether it was looking up scores, trying to catch radio broadcasts, 
you know, like ones that were getting rebroadcast online. And it was always, you know, slow modem speed. So everything's, yeah. <laughs> everything's yeah. you know, a couple of minutes behind and whatnot. But I just became like voracious when it came to West Hand and trying to find everything that I could. Um, after that, you know, fast forward a couple of years, you know, after I'm out of university and I'm doing mm -hmm. bands and, you know, we're on tours and whatnot. Same things. Phones are getting better, smarter phones. You know, you can mm -hmm. watch interviews and read interviews and catch all these clips. So it just kind of continued to snowball from there. Um, 2003, though, when we got relegated, it was real hard to get championship stuff. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, 2003, 2004, once we got back up, though, and then when we made the FA Cup run in 06, like, that's where it really started to pick up. We got a, we got a lot more content for West yeah. Ham here in the States. And then after 06, like, for 07, 08, you know, like, the um, – what, after Sheringham left? Like, I want to say it started to quiet down a little bit then. Yeah. Uh, 2010, same thing. We started to pick back up once it was the GSB buyout and then relegation again, right? And yeah. then, you know, 2011, 2012, we're down, jump right back up with uh, Allardyce, and then it kind of continues from there. So I'd really say from, like, 2014 on, I mean, it was super easy to get any West Ham yeah. content, find games, all of that. But really that dark age between 99 to like probably about 2009, it was hit or miss. It was really hard to stay um, up to date on everything that was going on. But, yeah. you know, you, you suffer through it. You pick up what you can. And, oh, I love you know, it. Yeah. It's, it I, I still I credit just the universe for making me a West Ham fan and just, you know, constantly keeping it in my peripheral. So. Well, that's the first time I think we've had Gary Oldman be a reason why you become a West Ham fan. <laughs> that's brilliant, man. That's so funny. And it's you're right. It's I don't think obviously we've had we've had obviously Jeff from the Cockney Regents on the channel. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully getting Steve soon. Steve Harris soon. Um, yeah. And, and, and so we've had we had his nephew on Joe Joe Lazarus, who's mm -hmm. a kick ass drummer. Um, he's brilliant. Um, and so yeah, but and you're right. It's I don't think we realise the effect that people, as you said, like the Cockley rejects. So obviously, when we interview Jeff, he's he's like you know we play in I don't know little random bars in Argentina, and there's West Ham shirts, and you know. <laughs> the impression that, that they they've made on, on a lot of people and this is with yourself as well and sort of obviously you know you've made and, and Steve as well. You know, it's it's um it's funny how people get through get around, but it doesn't matter where they what area that how they come in, what 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 sort of avenue, what path, you know, they all become part of the family, isn't it? And as you said, you know, and also do the hammers, you know, obviously the, the Fresno Irons, you know, I mean God fuck, you know, that's that's yeah. a testimony to itself, man. Obviously we had text on a couple of weeks ago and find out how you know just went around just basically shouting at all the other supporters clubs until uh found another west ham fan and you know what a great ga gang all the all you fresno irons together like 25 years something 25 30 Dude, something like that. i mean we we've had we've had between 30 and 40 at like the wow. at the apex right like the highest yeah. level and i got honestly i gotta give a shout so you know repping my fresno irons right now so everybody can mm. can see but it's you know one of the things some people don't understand is like Tex, obviously he's from Texas, right? I'm originally from New York, but these guys still welcomed us as though we were one of their own. You know, it wasn't like, oh, these guys are by association because they're West Ham fans. Like this was day one, minute one. And I'll never forget the, the, the first time I went and met Tex, like he had been messaging me on Twitter, like, hey, you should come out, you should come out, you should come out. And I was like, yeah, my wife's pregnant. Like, you know, we're, we're going to wait for the baby to come out once the baby's here. And he was like, oh, bring her. No, bring her. We've got donuts. Like, we'll hook it up. And I was like, nah, man, I'm going to wait. So he just kept bugging me. And I was like, fine, whatever. I'll go out. So the first one that I go, I meet, we have a, a bar here called Hook and Ladder. That's the Chelsea bar. So it was yeah. Chelsea away. 
just on a whim. I'm like, whatever, I'll go. So I meet up as I walk in the door. He just, this bearded dude just raises his arms. He's like, Liam? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, thank God. And he runs up and gives me a hug. Never met him before in my life. But that was the first interaction. Like he immediately just welcomed me in. And there's maybe only like five of us there at the time against easily like 15 Chelsea fans. And within minutes, we're out singing them, out shouting them, climbing on the tables. The bartender is a West Ham supporter. She's wearing a West Ham kit. Like it's just... It's it's completely mental, but it's it. it's one of those things like like out of a movie, right? You never yeah. expect this kind of support. You know, we had nah. a couple other guys come in, but lo and behold, that's where we win one nil at yeah. Stamford Bridge. First time in what twenty three years, like something like yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 was one of those moments that just you'll never forget. Like you'll absolutely never forget. Yeah. And it, you know, I think had I been able to bring my son, but obviously it's a bar, so that, you know they're not letting kids in under. Yeah. Uh, but I think even for him, like that would have been that moment for him as well. But he's been able to yeah. go to some of the other ones because we have a local bar that they let the kids come in. And uh, so he's been there running through the bubbles, brings his own bubble wand and whatnot. And, you know, he just he has a blast. Like the wife, oh, my my daughter had already been for like three games by the time she was like not even six months. Like it's great. Like it's you, you can't put a price on that kind of stuff. I love it. It's so nice when you because obviously all the stuff you do with as the kids with the bubble machines and getting the coloring in and and stuff like that. It's just amazing. Honestly, it's amazing because it just it seems such a nice like fam. And you know we say we're a family club and stuff like that, and that that just epitomizes it, doesn't it? Really. Um, yeah. And it's just. Yeah, I just I, yeah, I love the fact you was playing Chelsea away, so you went to the Chelsea pub. It's brilliant. <laughs> I, I just find it absolutely amazing. I, I find it crazy how in Fresno you've got so many bloody different supporter groups, it, you know, and it's just everyone has their own bar. It's just, oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, man. And, and as you said, you know, it's one of those things with West Ham Connect people. And, you know, I mean, I've said we, we've been social distancing you know, as West Ham fans for years, because literally you could walk across the road and you'd see someone in a West Ham shirt. You don't have to shake their hand. You just go, Owens, Owens, what? And that's it. That's all you do. And that's all you do. Come on, Owens, come on, Owens. You know, that's it. And you don't have to shake a hand. You don't have to go near them within two meters. You know, we've, we've been very, you know, we're very conditioned to social distance for many years before, before COVID came out. So um, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, it's brilliant. So we're we're big Disney fans, my family. So it's only about four hour drive from Fresno down to LA, right? So we'll yeah. go in, you know, we'll go in the parks and you know, whether I'm wearing a kit or you know, I'm wearing the cap and somebody yeah, recognizes yeah, nice. the pins, right? They uh, you know, i actually find that supporters of other clubs are actually more likely to come up and want to talk. Mm. Whereas mm. you're right, with West Ham supporters, they'll just go, Come on, you irons, and come on, you irons, and we'll just keep walking. That's like it. we don't yeah. stop, we don't talk. But like there was like a man you kid comes running up to me and he's like wants to shoot the shit and I'm you know I'll, I'll do it like I'm you know I'll I'll talk to anybody but I just always thought it was funny that like like they almost want to gloat about what their club's doing and like for yeah. us we know <laughs> we all know what we're in so it's 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 interesting I like that you guys it's the same where you are yeah we are and it's, it, when I go when I go on vacation see I said vacation not holiday um, when I go on vacation I um I always literally my wife she hates it because my suitcase is full of West Ham tops, you know, yep. just different here yep. because you, you put a West Ham top and, and you walk around the pool area or the bar. And as you said, you'll get, you know, I know Celtic fans or, or <laughs> Liverpool fans. They'll just come up and just chat to you. The West Ham fans will nod to each other. Um, and that's it. That's all you need to know. You know, um, it's like this weekend I've been in the UK. We quit glamping, you know, like, 
glamorous, <laughs> glamorous <laughs> glam, camping. Glam camping. Yeah, glamping. Yep. Yeah, so we went glamping for the first time ever. And uh, the, the guy next in the tent next to us, we started chatting to him. And I was like, where, where, where do you live? And we're probably, I mean, we're about... From the from the glamping site, we were probably about like two and a half hours from. I live in Hornchurch, which is about twenty minutes away, twenty five minutes away from the ground. Talking to the guy next next him, so we're you know we chatting. Oh, you know, what do you do? So, so we had a West Ham top on, so he started chatting to me. Oh, you know, I, I you know, I said, where where are you from? Turns out he's like literally like two minutes down the road from me, and um, so we were two and a half hours. But it happens all the time. We was in a cruise in on on the Mediterranean. And the guy next to us, he's he was the nephew of the kid in my in my daughter's class at school, and you know all that type of stuff. But it was a West Ham <laughs> shirt that they came over and started chatting to first, <clears throat> and that's why I love it. It's such a conversation starter. Um, sometimes it's, it's an ender as well when they realise you, you actually are a genuine West Ham fan and stuff, and they were they were trying sort of you know not talk to you too much. But uh, no, I love it, man. It's absolutely brilliant. Right, yeah, I had uh, we were. Horrible cough. <clears throat> no, you're good. You're good. No, I was in uh, Monterey Bay and, uh, you know, we're standing on the beach, you know, just skipping rocks yeah. into the water and guy comes up to me, British accent. And he starts asking, he goes, pardon me, uh, are you English? And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm American. And he's like, I was just wondering why are you wearing West Ham? <laughs> and I, you know, kind of gave him the background story and he goes, and I was like, I was like, what about you? And he goes, no, I'm a Chelsea supporter. He was like, I moved from I moved from London, so I didn't have to see people in Claire in blue. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I was like, I'm sorry. Am I bringing back bad memories?" And he goes, "No, no, no." Yeah. He goes, you, "He's like, you're delightful." He was like, "But just a different there." And I was like, "I, be, I believe." Yeah. It. But it's it's funny because you'll get people that'll ask those kind of questions. It's it's oh, good yeah. times. Though. I love it. Yeah, it's good because it's unusual, isn't it? It's like you know, if I was walking down the road here and I saw someone, and then, I don't know. Um, a Patriots top or whatever, you know, it's not like the not the dumb thing, but you don't see, you know, different different sport like American American football sport, your know, teams sport here, you know, it's 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 like that, but yeah, you know, that's all good. At least you start a conversation with someone, and it will all be yep. a Chelsea fan. But yeah, okay, yeah, of course, right. right? With my, with my luck, with my luck, that's yeah, exactly. Through through gritted teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I'm very well, thank you. Good yeah, luck like, to you. Oh, Have yeah. a good season. Yeah, hope you guys finish. <laughs> It's 17th. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, all the best. Good luck to you. Fat Frank. Hope you get <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's let's go on and talk about your 11. So obviously, everyone we've had on the channel, uh, fan, ex-player, whatever, um, we asked them to give their 11. So 11, bay, and yep. you can the criteria you can have is whatever you want, but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. That's the only rule. Otherwise, we'd all have the same 11 pretty much because we'd all have, you know, Bobby Moore and... Billy Bond and Bond. stuff, but, but I never—I <laughs> wasn't there to see them, so you know it's—they're not in my eleven. It's fair, you know, it's just yeah. a generational thing. So um, we'll start off in goal, Liam. So who's in goal for the bright eleven? So this this one was tough because I wanted to keep my eleven somewhat different from Texas, right? Because for you know he's my he's my co-host. You know we work together on the American Hammers Radio. So yeah. I wanted it to be a slightly different and he came on, you know, a couple of years after I did. So for the most part, we didn't have a lot of redundancy, but initially I was going to go Rob Green, but I really thought about this one. I had to go with Shaka Hislop and a oh. couple of reasons why I went with Shaka for this one. So, you know, two different spells with West Ham, uh, you know, he was, he kind of had to fight for his spot, right? Like the first time he's yeah. brought in, they bring in uh, where he was support, right? He, the first time they bring him, he was support for, uh, uh, Jimmy Walker 
and yeah. oh, who else was there at the time? Oh, um, Carol, not yeah, uh, Andy, obviously the other Carol. Roy, yeah, Roy Carroll, yeah. Roy, Roy Carroll, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, he gets brought in for that one, has to fight for his spot, right? And yeah. then, you know, leaves, comes back on his second stint, and they bring in David James. So he yeah. already gets brought back, and now he's already second string. David James gets injured, right? I think it was like a knee injury. And yeah. Shaka's the point man, you know? And, yeah. you know, you, you keep in mind, I think some people forget that, sure, he had some howlers, he struggled a little bit that second term, but he featured in that entire FA Cup run. So I think yeah. that that was massive on his part. And he did get hammer of the year, his first season with the club. So yeah. I think it was 98. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive for, for yeah. somebody that wasn't really considered a, a, a first string keeper for no. a good majority of the time he was with the club. So yeah. Shock F for me. Yeah. And he's a dude. He's such a dude. We've had him on the I channel. He's absolutely, I love him. And obviously he's <laughs> ESPN, ESPN, if you, you know, if your side is obviously on the East side rather than your side, but he's, uh, he's, he's just such a lovely bloke. Honestly, yeah. it's one of those players. When you talk about Shaq, when you just mentioned Shaq, Hislop, you have to smile because he's just, yeah. he just was such an, like a cool guy. And, um, he was just like, so I'm, I'm I always mention it every time we talk about Shaq Hislop, but when I was young, I, I lived in another town and in the, you know, I used to work in the supermarket when I was a young kid and Shaka would come and do his grocery shopping every week. And nice. he would, but you saw him because his head was above the, the aisle cause he was so tall and he was just oh, so nuts. laid back and so cool. And oh, he was an absolute gent and I love him and I really, really love him. And he's, um, yeah, he's a top guy, and as I said, we we spoke for us, spoke for hours, and bless him because his aircon had gone, and he yeah. was sweating buckets in the in the interview. <laughs> bless him, but he was. And I was trying to, and I was trying to. Also, I was trying to sort of not main of you, but I, I try not to talk about their bad periods of the, you know, also positive stuff. So I I glossed over the fact that you know he got injured and he didn't play very well and that sort of until he left, and. um and I sort of went back to okay, and then obviously you know you carried on, and then you left. And, well, no, yeah, but obviously that period I wasn't very good. And one of the re and he was like got into it, and he's like you know basically Glenn Road would come in and told him he was going to be, you know, third string or second string, whatever it was. Um, yeah. after they brought in the more goalkeepers, and then they got injured, and he said, oh, "I want you to play." And he says, I'm, "I just switched off to be honest, Russ. I just didn't want to play yeah. for the club because." The manager didn't want you. The manager doesn't want you. You're sort of you, you sort of surplus to requirements. And I was all oh, fair enough. Well, and Roder was. I mean, Ro, well, Roder was kind of. I feel like he had a row with a lot of people on the in, did, during yeah. that time. You know what I mean? Like after Redknapp um, left, right? <laughs> after Redknapp was gone, it was kind of interesting because Roder. I mean, what he had a row with Decanio as well. It was very public. Yeah. Like I even yeah. remember reading about that at the time. And I get it. Like Decanio is a, a fiery individual, but like you said, Shaka's so laid back. Like, how are you going to get on? How are you going to get yeah. Shaka worked up? But you know, I, I could see that. I could definitely see him kind of being switched off, especially when he came back yeah. for that little bit after that injury towards the end of the of his yeah. second spell. But you know, it was interesting. Well, yeah, and, and it's the same my as my mother-in-law calling call my wife. No, oh it's it's the same as if you know you're 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 changing jobs yourself, and you you know you go on you give your notice, so you work a month notice, 
you're on downtime. You're not really working, yeah. you know, because your your head's ready for the next move and the next job. It's the same thing. But uh, it was just nice the fact that he just sort of mentioned that, you know, because it was it was sort of yeah. like just I wasn't, you know, delivery didn't want to talk about when you was a bit crap, and you know, but he, right, <laughs> but he was like, no, oh, I was crap, you know. He told us why, but right, okay, we'll put Shaka in then. Let's go. Are we going to play a four four two, Liam's? Let's do a four. Uh, we'll do a four three three. That was uh, my per- my preferred lineup. Here in the States, that was kind of the default. Everybody played a 4-3-3. So when I think of like my top my top 11, I'll always go 4-3-3. All right, okay. Let's go, let's go left back then of that, of that back four. Ooh, left back then. We'll go Julian Dix. Got to go with yeah. Dixie here. I mean, the, the Terminator, uh, I mean, he was making headlines for, for when I first kicked on. And I loved the fact really? that he was a fighter. Like to me, that kind of embodied yeah. that working class, that working man mentality. Um, and especially when somebody comes back to the club, like I was saying with Shaka, you know, somebody that mm-hmm. left, you know, Dixie didn't really have the greatest spell with Liverpool. So coming back into West Ham, uh, knowing that it was kind of a chance that, you know, Redknapp was taking a chance, bringing him back in. What I think he gets a yellow card, like first, <laughs> first run out. But, you know, that's Dixie. Like, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him being that type of guy, you know, yeah. but, you know, um, club captain, hammer of the year, multiple years. I mean, you, you got to go with Julian Dix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and uh, and there's definitely an eleven somewhere. Or someone's doing eleven of, of I'm going to call them the boomerang eleven, so the players <laughs> who've gone and come back, you know. And so you've already picked two, but you could probably do that as well. You know, it'd be interesting to do that. I might, I might try try and get someone there. Right, okay. Put and you're right. Julian's just Julian. You have to put him in. You know, it's just you have two to. ways about if, it. Yeah. You know. So let's go. Uh, go on in. <coughs> right. Yeah, go for it, man. So you want to go right back, or do you want me to go down my? Yes, please. Let's go. Right, let's so go right, right back. back I'm going to go with Steve Potts. Oh, sure, nice. So Steve Potts. Yeah. So, so uh, Potts would be another boomerang player, right? Kinda. No. Yeah. Kinda. He sort of went. He got injured for a bit, didn't he? Didn't. Didn't really no. leave. Didn't. Re- but then he did. But then he left as he left to play for Dagenham Redbridge, and he came back as a coach. Yeah, so that's later. when you think about, and he's worked his way yeah. up the youth squads, right? So you think yeah. about like came back for like the U13s or something, and now he's yeah. what U21. So yeah, so you yeah. think about that, he kind of makes his run. I loved Steve Potts because he was like me; he was utility player, like not <laughs> not really a right back. I know, but you know, played majority of his time as a center back. But you could slot him in anywhere in that back yeah. line, and I think for me, that's that's crucial being that type of player. You know, you even look at you know, with like a Declan Rice or, you know, Arthur Masawaku or even Cresswell, right? We're like these guys that can be a little bit more versatile that, mm. you know, they're almost like a Swiss army knife. You can plug them in where you need them. I dug nice. that. And with Potts, man, he put in so much time and what one goal, wasn't it the one goal against, which was before my time, but yeah. I've, I've watched, I've watched the VHS tapes when they do like the season <laughs> recaps. I yeah. used to buy those. I actually just bought a lot off of a friend of mine on Twitter. So he sent me brilliant. like seven videos but I love him. I mean, Pots, Potsy was great. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. No, yeah, you're right. He's he's one of those players. He's just a utility. But he was like just Mr. Reliable, wasn't he? Mr. Reliable. You need those in, in the team. <clears throat> you know, you need your people who are going to be playing a solid seven every game. You know, you love, yeah. you need obviously the nines and the tens in the eight. But solid seven, you, you've got a foundation. And, um, yeah, we're actually doing a thing on Steve in um, two weeks' time. We're doing like a, like a one-off special about – 
sort of Steve Potts nice. and we're doing so we've got some like we've got some uh, you know like a round table discussion type thing on obviously on this platform and you've got the videos we've got the goal and all that stuff as well you know so it should be quite no. interesting I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> Steve will will uh will uh will, will tune in and watch we're trying to get him on the channel but very shy man Mr Potts is very shy so um I believe we'll it I believe it yeah, I'm, no, con- I'm trying to convince him yeah go on and let's right, go center backs then go on him man all right, we'll go with Rio Ferdinand. Um, he wasn't there for long uh, once I started tuning in because then uh, Harry sold him off for, I think it was like 18 mil. And then, yeah. you know, I think worst short sale ever because then he gets turned around and sold, what, we sold him to Leeds and then Leeds sell yeah. them to like Man United for it's 30 flipped. mil. Like, yeah. All we yeah. had to do was hold on to him like one more season. But to be fair, we held on him too long. We would have been short selling everybody at 2003 anyway. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, I I loved him. I mean, he was kind of that standout player. You know, um, you know, he he kind of embodied that you know fight till you die type mentality. And I love yeah. that in a player. I love that guy. Maybe I mean, I think he was top of top of his game. But I don't yeah. need a guy to always be at the top. Just as long as he fights. Just as long as yep. he battles for every ball. And yeah. you know, Rio was that dude. I think Rio Rio. I think for a lot of people would still be that guy where. Had we had the opportunity to bring him back, we would have. We absolutely would yeah, have. Definitely, definitely. And you're right. He's uh, he was, and, and you're right in terms of what you were saying about the, the players. You know, if they fight for the shirt, that's all we really want. It's not their fault if they're not te- not technical enough or not good enough. And yeah, technically, as long as they have, have a go, that's all we care about. It's not their fault if we haven't. If someone's giving them a West Ham shirt and they're wearing it, but if they don't fight for it, that's when we turn on them. Really. Um, oh yeah. yes, Mr. Ferdinand. Okay, we'll put Rio in. Who is he going to partner? Than Liam, that centre back position. So this was a, so this was a duplicate from Texas. I had to go with Winnie Reed, man. I had to go with yeah. with Winston. He, uh, you know, same thing. Well, not really the same thing as Rio, because I think Rio has, was more naturally gifted than Winston. But Winston would fight mm. for the shirt, right? So, mm. so you know, same type of mentality. Um, I mean, just the last goal at the Bolin. You 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 never take that away from Winston. Like, yeah, yeah he's over here in, in MLS right now. But, you know, he's that guy that when he would score, when he would get up above the rest and put the ball in the back of the net, like you could tell it just meant the world to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that guy that I, I do kind of hope eventually we do recall him from loan and he gets mm-hmm. to just, you know, play the last couple of games. Like I don't want to see him go out yeah. the way Ginge did. I want to see him be able to go out on top with the club. Like mm-hmm. I think we owe him that. Ten years in, I think we owe that to Winnie. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, he's playing... You know, he's playing all right out there, out there in Kansas, isn't he? I mean, he scored the other day and he's been playing, you know, half a dozen, like seven, eight games now. So who knows? And I still think that's why we put great, we, we bought, we got great, great Dawson on loan rather than bought him because I still think he's going to be back in January. So yeah, we yeah. shall see. We shall see. But yes, no, we're so region. Yeah. 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 I just think, yeah, you're right. He just needs, deserves uh, a couple of run outs and, and then, and then maybe a, his, his testimonial as well because 10 years at a club. Albeit he was injured for quite a large period of it, but still, you know, it, it doesn't matter. He, he he's he's been a very important player for us historically, as you said, with that goal and you know yeah. scoring against Millwall. You know, he's basically done the. I think he scored against Tottenham as well. He's he's, he's done the Holy Trinity really. He scored the last goal at the the bowling. He scored against Millwall. He scored against Spurs. So <laughs> that's sort of like cemented you as a legend in our days at West Ham. So yeah, yeah. right. Let's yeah. let's move into the midfield. Uh, you got three midfield. Who's your first midfielder in the middle then? Declan Rice. So I got to go with Dex on this one. Uh, and I, I, I kind of threw it, right? Because initially I was going to go with uh, Kevin Nolan. 
Cause I think, you know, same, you know, if I'm going with the passion, if I'm going with those players that really mm -hmm. fought for the shirt, mm -hmm. but I really had to look at, even though Nolan uh, captained us through a very rough period. And I think he's a long serving, uh, uh, a long standing servant of the club, especially now being part of Moise's mm -hmm. staff. I loved seeing Nolan come back, but mm -hmm. man, if I'm picking my team, it's gotta be Declan. The kid just oozes talent. And this is one of those kids where you see him and you go, man, this is, this is future club legend. If he really sticks it out, long-term with us you know a la mark noble like this kid is going to be something else like this he's going to be one for the history books for for you know the claret and blue and i i love his passion you know seeing him in those post-match interviews you know this yeah. last one for man city you could tell it means so much to him and yeah. you know we've had various players that came through that when the chips were down you know they turned in the transfer request right and you know they, they fucked off to another club declan yeah. could have done that right like we've had a tumultuous couple of years he could have easily been like, yeah, send me off somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. But we, I've never heard anything like that. Like, sure, it was all the buzz about Chelsea coming in to make a request, but I never heard anything about Declan looking to leave. And I think that speaks a lot to his character and how much this club means to him. He knows, he knows what he has right now. I totally agree. I'm so, in, yeah, I'm in so in the same boat with you, man. Uh, he knows what he's on. You know, he knows his worth, but also he knows he's, you know, he could be a very very big fish in a very small pond if he stayed at west ham and you know if, if reports are led to believe he he could be doubling his money in the next couple of weeks you know uh, and even, which... and e even think about this though like you could be you could be the player that goes into a squad that's already you know deep with talent and you're just another guy or you yeah. could be the standout that potentially brings a team to another level like imagine if we start finishing top six and mm. we know it's so much of it being built around Declan Rice. That's another level, man. Like that's something that you won't find if he just, you know, bounces off to one of those top four teams. Like no, I think totally. he knows the potential he has to br bring this team to another level. Yeah, totally. And and you know the the and I don't think there's any small part shouldn't be re reflected on on Mark Noble because actually he knows. I mean, Mark Noble's been there ever since he's been there. You know, since he yeah. was fourteen. Um, although I, I saw something today, they had, they had like I think Baz put it on Twitter. It was like the West Ham. No, it wasn't. It was like the the most um, the players who have been at the club the longest, longest like, in yeah. the world. And, and he is him and Messi, Noble and Messi, the top two. That was top brilliant. Two. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Literally today, wasn't it? it? It was identical in terms. I think they are identical in terms of how long they. But he he's not stupid, Declan. He knows like you know I said before. If Mark plays a six we mark him down a seven just because yeah. he's Mark Noble. And, and he knows the effect that he has in the club. And I, I, I you know, I, I have this sort of utopian idea that he'll see this as he can be the, not Mark Noble Mark two, but he can be the next Declan Rice. Who's going to be he said, the club captain, the legend, mm -hmm. you know, he's already played a hundred game, a hundred Premier League games with us already, which is mental for someone so young. It's like, you know, also like when, when Mark's not, you know, playing, there's no question that Declan's going to be captain. You know what I mean? Yeah. For someone so young to be that so obvious to be a captain selected for, you know, a club, you know, you've got people like Fabianski who's internet, you know, you've got these, like Bonner, you've got, you know, all these players who have played so many more games and, you know, no, it's Declan Rice. And they, you yeah. know, and it's, and, it's, and, and I, I know what you mean by these sort of the, the pre-match, the, the post-match interviews, because they're so genuine at the moment. Because he's so, yeah. he's still so young, and he's still so enthusiastic. 
it's so much more fun than a, a, a sort of a, a seasoned professional. So if you watch like him doing an interview compared to someone like, I don't know, like Jordan Henderson or um, Kevin De Bruyne or someone like that, they're so monotonous. They're so party line, you know, where yeah. deck is, if, if we've won, he's up. If we've lost, he's down. It's not like, you know, it's a game of two halves. He's just, he's a genuine fan of the team. He's, you know, he, he likes playing and he likes winning. Why not? Yeah. Should be excited and stuff. And I just think it's brilliant that it's just nice to see. It's just different, you know. what I mean, it's just different in terms of his interviews and stuff. And I, I think it's great. And I still, I still can't think of anyone who plays his position better than him in the world. Can't. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think one hundred and ten percent. He is top class, especially for his age. <laughs> how many games he's played? The consistency yeah. of his level. You can't argue with that. And anybody that does, they're just trying to be contentious. Of course, and he's kicked on. He's definitely kicked on this year as well. With him and Suchek in the middle, you know, him oh, he man. he has he has more license to do the stuff forward, and so does Suchek. And you know, he's not. I, I always felt with Deck, like particularly the beginning of last season, he was covering up covering Mark Noble as well. You know, mm-hmm. Mark yeah. was you know, and no disrespect to Mark, but that's what I have felt he was playing. And now with Suchek, he's got a genuine, you know partner in midfield who can who works the same level of him who comes forward and obviously they they do and you know Suchet's been able to come forward and, and, and get the, the goals and you know Dex shooting more and bring the ball forward and it's just exciting and yeah. it's really really exciting at the moment and you said you're right if you build a team around him he's in he's the integral part he's the the, the cog in the middle um he, why the only thing he has to go for, he'd leave is to win trophies and who knows we yeah. could easily win trophies He's already in the squad. He's always going to get, hopefully, going to get 120k or whatever. He's a month, you know, a week, right? A month, whatever. A week. A <laughs> <clears throat> quarter of a, half a million a month, more like, you know, there's a, you know, it's. Um, At this point. Yeah. So there's no, I can't see any reason to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Deck, then go. Yeah. Um, we won't be going to at least January. So we've got it for a couple of months at least, and then we'll see what happens. But. I was hoping. Oh, then, then it all starts again, doesn't it? So yeah. <laughs> you can have a breather. Every chance window. We're going to be biting our nails every every transfer window. No, oh, but yeah, but I, 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 again, it's it's drama, isn't it? It's drama. Yeah. If we're if we're the transfer window where we didn't sign anyone, no one left, no stories, we'd our hand, we'd be in uproar because there's no there's yeah. nothing going on, there's no drama going on, and so uh, yep. that's why we're funny West Ham fans, right? Okay, we'll put deck in. Um, who's the next person in the midfield? Then for you, Liam, the one. The one we were just talking about, Mr. West Ham himself, Mark Noble. So, yeah. um, uh, and, and it's tough, right? Because I think sometimes when we think about the 11, we're like, oh, well, if they're playing right now, and I get it, Mark's not really featuring. No. You know, he's definitely the off the bench, you know, not even a super sub. He's more of a closer. Like you'll help put him in to help close out the match. But you think about Mark Noble prime, right? From a couple of years ago, you know, I, I spoke earlier on the show about that 2014, 2015 season, that Mark Noble, right? Like, you pair yeah. him with a current Declan Rice, that's unstoppable. I think with with Tom, with Thomas Suchek, like he's able to get forward. He obviously has that height advantage, but Mark could really just stick in, right? Get a mm. foot in, tuck in, low center of gravity, just buck somebody off the ball. And he had fight or has fight the way that Julian Dix does. Like he's that guy that mm. is just unafraid to go toe-to-toe. Tex always talks about one of the, the moments that solidified being a West Ham fan was hit for him was West Ham's playing Chelsea, uh, Drogba scores and he goes up in front of the West Ham faithful and he's like doing the irons thing to mock him and like Mark Noble gets in his face and shoves him it's like he's ready to deck him out and immediately right there Tex was like that's my boy that's Mark Noble yeah. and you know we had seen that 
you know, I remember him coming on. Uh, the first kit he wore was 24. When I first started playing school ball, yeah. the first kit I had was 24. So I already felt like connection to Mark Noble before I really knew what he was going to be. And just to yeah. see him progress the way that he has and just really, I like, you know, slip into that role of, uh, you know, uh, just that West Ham incarnate. You know, you you yeah. gotta you gotta give it to Mark Noble, and he's been through the ups and downs. stays stays faithful. I actually got into it a bit the other day with uh, somebody on Twitter because you know they were bad Martha and Mark saying the only reason he stayed at the club for as long as he did was because nobody else wanted him. And I was like, why should it matter? And why would you ever say that to a player like Mark Noble? Like if you're West Ham yeah. faithful, right. you would never mouth off, especially not to his face because he'd rip your head off. So yeah. you know, I just I, I had to go to bat for my boy. So. Plus, yeah. it's Twitter. Everybody likes to get into it a little bit. That's half the fun of Twitter, though, isn't it? He's the Yankee. <laughs> bit. But, but yeah, I know what you mean about Mark. He was, I mean, he's our, he, he's the modern day Billy Bonds. You know, he's like, he's our, yeah. he's our Billy Bonds. And it's going to be a weird, a weird place when he's not in the squad. Obviously, you're right. He doesn't, play, he doesn't start. Yeah, he's, he's probably not. Bless him. He's probably not even good for like, you know, well, and then again, you know, as soon as we start doubting him, he then, finds a new gear and you know resurrects his career so I, I i liken him to doctor who in terms of the way he keeps on getting reincarnated as a different doctor he yeah. gets reincarnated as a different type of footballer as you said he started off as a box-to-box terrier then he dropped back into to a defensive midfield role and now he's like he was like you know for the first few, last few games he's playing his little number 10 role and like martin was number yeah. 10 but he just works and now he's sort of playing a bit like a, as you said sort of you know a bit like a cheerleader role basically you know he's he's there as a as the as the conduit between the the management the club the fans and he is in that middle he's that venn diagram in the middle because he's a fan he's the club captain he's the joint he's he's the linchpin between the management and and the, and the players as, as we've seen you know what you said on twitter yeah. about Grady going and stuff like that. He is integ is an integral part of the club, and um, and you know he'll he'll always be a part of the club. Doesn't matter you know when when he hangs his boots, he'll still be a coach. And apparently he's he's still he's doing his badges now. He's starting to do his badges. I love it. I love it. It's and it's what you want. Yeah. And and you know and it's having those people in in charge. It's having those people in the ground. As you said, people like Steve Potts, people like Kevin Nolan, people like. Carlton Cole and, and and Paul Konchesky and people like that who are in who are in the, the sort of the coaching setup because that's what it is to be a West Ham player. Mark Noble epitomizes that more than anyone um, in the modern day, really, in terms of you know five hundred and six yeah. appearances. It's absolutely mental. Right, okay, so we've got Declan. We've got a prime Mark Noble. Who is the last person in that midfield? Uh, this one was painful, but I went with Scotty Parker. So oh, that, that's a just, that's a combative midfield that three. I like that. Yeah. Well, I had to think. So I like a tight mid three where they almost form a diamond, where you have the double pivot on the two defensive midfielders that can still you know alternate going into a number eight role yeah. and going box to box. But you need that pure creator. You need that number ten, and you'll you'll definitely see why when you see my front three. But sure. I think with Scott Parker, you know, he has no problem pushing forward, no problem getting back. You know, he was one of those guys that even though I was. I was sad to see him go. I did like the way that he went about it where yeah. he was like, look, I feel like for my career to continue forward and especially for me to stay in the contention for the England squad, I can't yeah. continue on with West Ham during relegation, totally. you know, turned in his papers. And he's another one of those guys that I would have loved to see have a return to the club. 
I mean, even now watching him manage Fulham, like I, you know, I won't ever root for Fulham when they play us, but you want to see Scotty do well. You want to see him continue to be, um, you know, progressing forward. And I I just Mm. thought he had, you know, he was another one of those guys that just, you could be 30 yards out and you were like, he can score 30 yards out and he's a goal threat. Like how many people can say they have that in their tool bag? So I I loved him. I thought Scotty Parker was, was a, was a great player. And I think at the apex of that middle three, that's got some bite. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you're right. And, and Scott Parker is one of the guys that I, I always fight. I go to bat for more than any other player, I think in the modern era because of the, the effort that the man played, you know, we, we talk about, West Ham fans talk about, you know, putting, putting the shirt on, playing for the shirt, you know, putting in hundred percent Scott Parker, would put in 150% every game, yeah. you know, and then when he become gets vilified because he wants to go and, and move to a club. So he, as you said, cause he got relegated and he still played for a few games in the championship for us, you know, when he was still, you know, you think he played the day, the, cut, the day before he left to Tottenham and yeah, yep. he went to Tottenham. So, you know, so what, so what, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's one of those things where, if you're a job and you're at Apple and Samson want you to work for him and you go to Samson, all your mates are going to go, yeah, fair, go on, son, off you go. You're only more money. Go on, mate, go on. Good luck to you. Why don't, why can't that be a case? You know, it's because, you know, it's this utopian view of football, you know, I think and footballers from, you know, they've got to play for their club and they love the club. It's a career. It's their job, isn't it? And it's like, it's, and so he's not going to Tottenham to spite the West Ham fans. They were the, the yeah. best off of him. He's doing to move his kids out of school. His dad had just died and wanted, it was his deathbed he wanted to play for, or something like that, you know. And yeah. you know, it's happened before, yeah. you know, we've had like, you know, I said before, every time Scott Park comes up, you know, Martin Peters, Martin Peters went from West Ham to Tottenham and Martin Peters was still revered, God rest his soul. Bobby Moore was going to leave, you know, to essentially yeah. Tottenham or Arsenal, you know, hello, there's a stand named after the man, you know what I mean? But, but Scott Parker, <laughs> who won Hammer of the Year three times in a row, you know, yes. gets vilified. And I mean, with Declan Rice, we literally were opening the door. All the fans have been opening the door all summer for Declan to go. You can go, Declan. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. But why not Scott Parker? That's the thing. That's the thing. This reminds me up so much about that. Why not Scott Parker? He needs to be. He needs to be addressed as a proper West Ham legend, not legend, because I think legend gets gets banded around too long, too many times. But a yes. West Ham great in terms of the modern era, because. You know, you look at how many people have won Hammer of the Year, but how many people have won it multiple times and won it multiple times in a year. He yes. was, you know, obviously famously Tottenham the other day you when know, we came back from 3-0. The last time we did that, West Brom, when we were 3-0 down at half-time and Scott Parker gave the team talk, he wasn't even the captain. He, hasn't, <laughs> he wasn't the captain all that season. Matty Upson was the captain that season, but every newspaper said Scott Parker, oh, anyway, I'm going to get off my soap, my Scott Parker soap. <laughs> But it's so true, oh, right. right? And I think that yeah. that's 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 what we needed, right? And that's what was the founding thought while building this team was those guys yeah. that they would stick in the muck and that the, yes. the halftime speech, dude, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Calm down, Russ. Calm down. <laughs> What's it going to be like when he comes and becomes our manager in about three or four years' time? Because it's going to happen, isn't saying. it? It's oh, going to. I can't wait. I'm going to have to get it'll be him. It'll, it'll be him and Mark Noble. will be good. Yes. Yes, I like that. That'd be good. And uh and and someone else will probably retire or join the club. We'll get Julian back. Hey, no, keep 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 Stuart Pierce, bring back Julian yeah. Dix, keep Kevin Nolan. I'm good. 
I'm good. That's that's a that's a coaching staff to be reckoned. God, that is a coaching staff. You do not want to be three 0 down at halftime. Are you? <laughs> Could you? I mean, the ones now is fucking scary with Moyes yep. with his Scottish accent, Alan Irvine as well. They're not. They're no slouches. Jesus. Um. Right. Let's go for your front three. Who's your first of your front three then, Liam? So I'm going to go with right wing. I'm going to put Trevor Sinclair. Um, yes. I think for you know for him, uh, very versatile. The fact that he could play both sides, and I like that because when you have a fluid midfield, uh, I think yep. it's really important to have somebody that can drift. We see it right now with Bowen, right, where Bowen can yeah. kind of drift out to the, that left side when needed. And I, I love that Trevor Sinclair had that. You know, and I think when you think about that last season, before we get relegated, right, the the 2003 season. He goes out for like four months and we had a huge dip in form. So you can really see that somebody that maybe didn't get the same amount of praise as some of the other players on the pitch at the time, you could see how integral he was to the success of the team. Because sometimes it's not, it's not that one, one person carries the team on their back, but you see that the formation falls apart because you rely yeah. on everybody to play their role. And I think yeah. Trevor did that. And even now you see him tweeting, right? Every time we have, we've had a lot of success so far this season and you see him just, you know, he's jumping for joy to see West Ham yeah. do well. And I think for somebody that, you know, he's out of their clubs and yeah, he still tweets about and talks about when he's, you know, when he's on uh, the, the, the talk shows and whatnot, he still talks about his other clubs, but I really feel like he's got a soft spot in his heart, soft spot in his heart for West Ham. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, we've had him on the show and he's a, yes. he's a, a beautiful man, a beautiful man. Honestly, I just think he's lovely and been very fortunate to, you know, since then is, you know, we sort of, you know, we, we tweet, we, we DM each other. And um, yeah, he's honestly, he's like proper, he just got the club and the club, you know, and he was just such a, an incredible player for us. And, you know, I think he, 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 we resurrected his career really. I think, you know, he was yep. before he joined us, he, you know, by all accounts, when he was saying, when he was interviewing him, he was saying, yeah, QPI wasn't really enjoying his time towards the end. West Ham came on. He didn't think he was going to get into the first team, let alone, you know, how, and then he just, you know, and he scored two on his debut. And he just said, we, we love a verse. And he, he talked about versatility. The guy played left back. He, no, sorry, left, left wing. He played right wing back. He played right wing. He played up front. Um, we got him back into the England squad. We got him into the World Cup as an England yes. player. And, um, no, I love him. I think he's a beautiful man. And because you said Trevor Sinclair, we'll get a retweet from him. So there we go. So, you know, it's all about that engagement, that, that, go, that right? tweet engagement. So there we go. God bless Trevor Sinclair. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Who's your next? Who, uh, who's going to be next in this front three then, Liam? So I'm actually going to go left wing this time. I'm yep. going to go with the one, the only Joe Cole. So Ooh, I think nice. with, uh, yeah, I think with, with Joe, right? Hammer of the year. Um, club captain. Uh, I think he was one of those guys where he had so much talent, right? You know, coming up through uh, before getting into mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the 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 adult squad, you know, the full squad first team. I think it was incredibly important for for him to make that debut to really let hard work could pay off. And I think that he was he was that guy that I think even now people still think he never really hit his apex. He never really got to the absolute no. ceiling yeah. of his talent. But I still think he was just one of those guys where, you know, when when the chips were down, he was the guy that was going to come through. He was that guy that was going to battle yeah. to try to make it happen. And even when it didn't, you knew he gave his all. And I, I, I love yeah. Joe Cole. And, you know, even now, or what, when when Pellegrini was getting sacked, we were all looking at Joe Cole like, hey, 
You want to come yeah. back? <laughs> I would have been fine seeing him on the, on the touchline. I mean, he's, you know, he's like another Mark Noble for me. He's another one of those guys yeah. that just, he was Claret and Blue through and through. Exactly. He's an incredible pundit, incredible analyst. Um, you know, everyone sort of says how, how intelligent a player he was in terms of, you know, his football. But he does know his football. He's, he's a, he's a yeah. brilliant panelist. And, uh, you know, I'd love, obviously he's not at Chelsea now. He's, he's doing this sort of year around. I think he's all going to different clubs and learning and, you know, sort of seeing what other, how other different coaching staff do things. And um, who knows? Who knows? You know, it's, it could be a hell of a, hell of a sort of management team next, you know, with, with uh, Scott Parker and Joe Cole and, and Mark Noble and... <laughs> God, you know, he they would already get the all the fans on board already, wouldn't they? With an appointment like that, you know what I mean? It's like might as well throw Rio in as a defensive coach, you know? And so that's what not? I'm saying. Oh, yeah, you just might get as the boys. Well. It's the Blues Brothers of of West Ham. You know, they're going to get the band back together again. But uh, yeah, no, and Joe was just. I mean, yeah, I, I I agree. You know, he never really sort of hit that that the upper echelons of what we thought he could do. Um, yeah. I, I think it was more of a function of playing at, at certain teams and, 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 and managers sort of putting a square peg into a round hole, um, right, yeah. you know, so to speak. And he was very much, there was no hole for Joe Cole. There was no peace. He was just Joe Cole. And he would have just been best if you just let him play, just let him yeah. be Joe Cole and uh, don't put him on the left. Don't put him on the right. Just let him just, do what he wants just but run. nowadays exactly but nowadays you don't have that free role in the game anymore now so everything's so decompartmentalized into positions that i don't think a player like joe cole would have thrived ever again because you wouldn't have had a place for him in a team and he'd end up yeah. being put somewhere which wouldn't wouldn't suit him um and you know poor always felt really sorry for him because like we knew about him since he was like 12 you know what i mean it's like talk about mm -hmm. pressure you know poor bugger yeah and so i mean even when he when he signed his pro forms, you know, that was on the pitch, you know, it was 16 right. on the pitch, you know, it was against Chelsea. I want pardon me. Ironically, I've got really bad hiccups now. Um, and so <laughs> I feel really sorry for the man because he never, he never really had a chance to grow. You know, every, the, the right. level of expectation was so high from already. So, um, but you know, he still had a great career and a, another boomerang player. Cause he obviously came back. So um, yeah, yep. another boomerang player. Right, who is the last piece of the Liam Pye? Who's going to spearhead this attack and get all the goals? This is my first favorite player, man, Paulo Di Canio. This is yeah. this is the, you know, he was an absolute baller, hammer of the year. Had that that fiery Italian attitude that I think just mm. played well off of like the you know the West Ham mentality. And I, yeah. I I think one of the things I really appreciated about Paulo was you know other clubs would look like they were coming calling and he would flat out say like, no, I owe West Ham for giving me a lifeline. Like my, my career was pretty much, he, he was coming off. What, yeah. It was like multiple bands. It was, he was banned for what, 11 matches or something. Yeah. So yeah. Dead, you know, career potentially dead in the water. Harry Redknapp, knowing that he's taking a chance on bringing this guy in, brings him in and just completely mm. rewards them for their faith in, in what he did. Um, you know, still talks about the club as though, you know, he was there for far longer than he was. I mean, it was only a handful of years before, you know, he ended up having to go with most of the people I put on this team, to be honest with you. <laughs> 2003 was not a good year for us. But, you know, I, I, I love that he still has that passion. I mean, you saw him, you know, when he, come, what was it, Mark Noble's testimonial, 
right? Yeah. You, you, you can still see that he loves doing what he does. Like he loves being on the yeah. pitch. And for me, he's another one that, you know, you want to, you want to put him on the touchline. We will, we will never have a player that gives less than 110%. No, that's true. Every single match because they, they will fear going in at halftime before. Dying. Yeah. So, yeah. He'd probably ruffle a few feathers with Paolo. If he was on the touchline, there wouldn't be many, probably wouldn't be a lot of players left. Then he'll put transfer requests in because he has such his high expectation level. And if no one reached it, he'd bloody tell them. So yeah, not a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah an absolute nutter of a player as well. But again, just a showman, you know, he was like a, an entertainer and you'd watch, you'd pay your entrance fee just to watch him. Um, and not so much from a technical perspective because he was a fantastically technical player, but also he was like, just what, you know, the package, you know, you didn't know what Paolo you're going to get that day. Were you going to get the mesmeric magician? Was you going to get the sort of the, you know, sort of adolescent teenager Paolo Di Canio, you know, would you get, you know, it, and maybe get a combination of everyone and, and that's a jackpot, but no, he was an absolute legend. And I just, he, I mean, he was he was my favourite player of all time, just because not the technical best player, but he was the, my favourite player because I just think he had, he said he had that pet passion, he had that connection with the fans, which is clearly an Italian thing, I think, and it was it just worked, didn't it? It just worked that combination of West Ham and Paolo, and um, yeah, as you said, you know, we gave him his opportunity, and he'll never forget that because. He became a he became a Premier League legend, really. I mean, even at Sheffield Wednesday, he wasn't really he was playing well, but he wasn't really getting the headlines, and he wasn't really digging up trees there. And you know, obviously, then he pushed over a referee, and then a, a twelve match <laughs> ban or whatever, and then came to it. It's such a West Ham thing to do, though. You know, we just pick up these cast offs, and um, you know, as you said, I mean, you know, it was a time when Man United came calling for him, wasn't it? And so, and um, famously, didn't go and. He became, you know, a Premier, Premier legend, obviously. Scored arguably the best goal ever in the Premier League, assist by your right wing. So it all, it yep. all fits nicely. It all fits nicely, dude. Listen, yeah. man. Thank you. It's, be, it's been lovely chatting to you. We literally, an hour and three minutes has flown by. <laughs> so I appreciate your time. It does, doesn't it? It does. You, you don't realise. You just sit there chatting about West Ham. You look at the clock. Oh, fuck. It's an hour and three minutes. But, um, now listen, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, and obviously, thank you for everything you do at Fresno, the Fresno Irons and stuff. It's, it's, it's. I love, I love hearing about it, and, and and the sooner that we can start traveling again and I can get over and see some guys, the better. Because I, you know, I, you know, hopefully you try and time it for when we, when we have an away game, because I. <laughs> So I can go over and watch it. It'd be awesome. But I don't think I can get up so early than you guys. You guys are absolutely nuts getting up so early. But um, <laughs> it's you'll been have to, great, You'll have man. to come stay for like a week so you can acclimate to the time change. And then that way you'll be yeah. ready for it before you got to get up early. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I used to, in my, my old job, I used to do a lot of traveling. I used to travel all over the States. And so, um, yeah, this new job, I don't travel so much. But um, I used to, it was mainly East Coast. I'll be honest. It was mainly East Coast just because it was only like a five hour time difference. But, yeah. I did, you know, I spent. I went and I checked out. You know, we went to went to West Coast, and you know, I did some stuff with um, with some of the guys out there, like James Longman and stuff like that, the Hollywood Hammers and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's you know, we'll see, we'll see. But <laughs> that's that's when we that's when we can start traveling again. Fuck those when that's going to be. So we'll see when when Trump lets us in as well. When's he going to let yeah. us in? I don't know. But anyway, come banging at the door. But I'll be definitely on as soon as we can, man. Um, as I said, 100%. an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your thank, thank you. you for your time. Appreciate man. your time.
and thank you for everyone who's been watching or listening. So if you've been watching on, on, on YouTube, like, share the video, subscribe, obviously, Hammers Chat, uh, so Mike and Hammers Network. Get online, obviously, the, 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 as a, uh, Liam and Tex co-host the American Hammers radio as well. So make sure you get down with that. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify or podcasts or, I don't know, Alexa or whatever, make sure you give it a like, give it a share. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it all now, Liam. I've got it all. It's on all the time. Say. Just going Alexa, go down the list. <laughs> play my Hammers 11. One day that's going to work and everyone's <laughs> But We'll never have to time. do anything else. No, that's it. Just all done, man. And then until next time, come your eyes. Take come care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And see you again very, very soon. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.